Welcome to that Greaves and Rooney sports podcast. I'm Dan Greaves. I'm Martin Rooney. Uh, today, wow, we have some more friends. More friends. Joining the show. Yeah. Um, Big timers as well. Some international friends. We've yeah. gone global. This is it. Um, yeah, so we just chat about lockdown, how we're coping, family life. Um, yeah, we should point out that we are on my outside my house in my driveway, so you might hear some cars and some people walking past and all those kind of things. But we are more than two meters away. Yes, more than. Two Literally, away. I think we're about four and a half meters away. So, um, yeah, don't worry about us. Rooney now kicks away. Commonwealth champion for discus dance. Rooney gets the goal. Medal at the last four Paralympic Games. Martin Rooney ran a great race in lane one. Great character. Well done, Dan Greaves. Got big hands, mate. <laughs> <It> helps. <laughs> so, how are we? What we? This feels like about what week one million and something or other. Yeah, we're very deep into COVID nineteen in yeah. Loughborough, aren't we? We are. How many weeks? I think it's forty something weeks. Is it now? Wow. Feels like a long time, doesn't it? Don't, uh, to be quite honest with you, I've had enough of it, so I don't watch the news anymore. And <laughs> I, I got that stage ages yeah, ago. Like, Unless there's a, a huge, I see a huge announcement pop up on Twitter or Sky News or whatever, mm. then fair enough. But like, you know, before you should watch it and see what Boris has got to say, oh, maybe we'll come out of it. Where now I've kind of, I think, ah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty much there. I, I was there a while ago because it just seemed so, like, there was a pretty simple plan of stay at home, stay away from people. And I was like, okay, cool. Until that changes, I don't need to know what else is going on. Like, um and obviously that's slightly changing soon we think but um no we're doing okay i, I think i've become mardi like my house uh the kids hate mardi bum because if we call one of them mardi bum we play it on alexa and then they start kicking off and but it does sort their mood out a bit you know it kind of changes their mood and softens them a bit so yeah i'm definitely mardi how are the kids getting on okay um Homeschooling is difficult, I think, for Jack now. I think he's kind of like, okay, the novelty's worn off. I'm a bit bored of this. And like, so we've had to be quite creative and the school have been brilliant. Um, and we're just doing stuff outside and out on the concrete and just uh, trying to be creative with everything we're doing. It's lots of games, lots of learning through fun. So it's just like the hard, basic stuff like handwriting and phonics and stuff like that. Phonics. It's all ahead of you, mate. Phonics. You gotta learn yeah. it now, mate. Got to learn, yeah. Start learning so, French. So with Henry, um, we've got um, various alphabet numeracy things around the house. But at the minute, it's really good at bath time. We've got floating numbers and um, like okay, sponge yeah. numbers, and um, obviously we've been doing the ah 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 and ba ba ba, and and he, he does actually go ha eh, na ra ya. So he does he <laughs> like and he can. Oh, not spell it, but it's like a bit of a song that we've made up for yep. Henry. So he does he does the phonic sounds of Henry. Brilliant. And then now he's actually getting the letters. So it's it's progress. It is, mate. It's huge. It's, yeah. They'll learn it so quick as well. And like, I think um, boys is definitely harder for them. 100%. Kido, like, she gets things so much easier. Like, she knows all the songs. She's always singing anyway. But I mean, like, she knows her at 1, 2, 3, A, B, C. She's got it. And it like took Jack a long time, so I think it is harder for boys. And everyone I've spoken to, it's always boys are harder, and they take longer to learn these things. But maths, he's got that nailed, which is kind of quite impressive. So I don't know where he's got it from. <laughs> somewhere along the line, there's somewhere, a maths genius. Yeah. I think it's on my, uh, Kate's brothers or mum and dad somewhere along there. So, yeah, um, but yeah, it's just it's just carrying on, isn't it? Like I think yeah. um, 
how's your training going i saw you were throwing this morning on the gram yeah it's good um it's it's like my little serenity like just going go for an hour or so um and just go and yeah just go and do my do my session and there's no, you know, only see like three or four people and they give you a bit of a funny look of why you're throwing a metal plate in the middle of a field um, <laughs> off of a patio but yeah other than that like yeah it's it's really nice it's it just gives me an hour where i can just go and do my my usual thing that feels pretty normal because yeah. out of this scenario it doesn't really feel it feels okay obviously it's great to be with the kids and at home and stuff but normality is like training resting training eat sleep repeat everything else that comes with it and your your lives are so busy and it's kind of almost slowing right down yeah. so it's nice to have something that just feels a, a little bit familiar and but yeah it's going well like um it's actually like, you found some rhythm but then you said you found some rhythm on the ground rhythm yeah it's discus is a really weird one because you can like technically we can break it down and you can look at each part of the throw and be like yeah i'm hitting that i'm hitting that and hitting that position and everything feels good but the whole thing if it doesn't tie together it just doesn't yeah it doesn't flow sometimes some people have got horrible techniques but they're in a rhythm and a groove yeah. where they can just some nail it and and they throw really well and you think how the hell have they done that but that's just because everything just kind of an entwines to one another and yeah so today was the first time i've really hit my positions and found some smoothness to it yeah. as well and we're still obviously with the hip I had last year, the hip injury, yeah, just taking things by in our time, really. It's yeah, not rushing it and Do you think, just uh, enjoying it a bit more as well, mate. Like, I think there's, I don't know whether you've found this, obviously it's a bit tougher for you, but just training is just a lot more enjoyable just because it's, there's no real pressure because obviously we've had the news that Tokyo's been pushed back and European champs have been cancelled and maybe British champs are later on this year possibly if if every athlete gets a chance to have a good training block but i just feel a little bit more relaxed about the whole the whole thing and maybe that's possibly why yeah I've, well i agree like some of the training has been great fun like it's just going to different places and i've been exploring loughborough staying local and just trying to find different hills to run up and find some beautiful spots but um i'm not enjoying i, I miss being part of a group i've done a yeah. lot of training on my own the last couple of years and i didn't it wasn't working and then when you get back to a group i've always i've said it on the pod a lot that i've enjoyed it i just enjoy being around people so i've missed that side of it but then yeah like it's just different different challenges like lifting today in the gym in the garage gym <laughs> gonna miss it when it's gone um it's the first time i've really filmed anything uh because mj keeps asking me to film my stuff and i'm like oh, God, i have to set the camera up like, so i did it today but then like because i felt like i was being watched everything was better yeah i started moving the weight in a better way and lifting it it was a lot easier and i was like oh shit i should have done this from the start so maybe that's what i think i thought he was just wanting to see my technique but really i think he wants me to feel like i'm being under scrutiny yeah. which is it's definitely worked for me um because that's what we normally get and i think it's yeah i spoke to him quite in depth about it and he just wants us to almost feel like it's as normal as possible even though mm. it's in an abnormal time it's like yeah it's, definitely yeah. so nothing changes really and technically because could be in like say in the garage lifting and completely different to how you'd lift in the gym and yeah all of a sudden like your muscles are going to be screwed oh yeah you're back we haven't got that support hips, system <laughs> to neck. iron us out we miss you Derry and Pora. <laughs> all the boys well i've been chatting to uh, uh, Derry quite a bit 
seems in uh been doing his garden up it looks amazing it looks amazing i'm like this is how the other half live oh wow yeah <laughs> the I elite mean, life elite uh soft tissue therapists lockdown with the swimming pool is uh yeah. is the one oh, god is amazing i'll show you a picture afterwards um so yeah it's just been different i think um i've enjoyed bits of it i've, I've missed other bits um i've been i've had the alexa on in the garage and she's gonna turn on and she's um been keeping me company and playing some horrible music and people have been watching me from the street and waving and I'm, I'm really worried about um one of the olympic lifters lives down the road from me and uh i'm really worried that she's going to pop her head out and start scrutinizing my technique <laughs> and then she comes out and snatches what i'm cleaning and i'll be like oh damn it uh, <laughs> what's her name show um, off <laughs> what's her name she went to zoe smith. zoe smith yeah she lives oh, literally right. across the road from me and well her or her partner or whatever but uh, yeah I've, I have often seen her there. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, 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 shit. Make it look good. Yeah. <laughs> There's a proper lifter just down there. Keep the tap bike back tight, really. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Move those hips yeah. through. But, uh, no, it's been all right. I think um, I've been using the kids as uh, weights as well. For my <laughs> Part of my ab circuits and stuff like that. And my abs have gone as well. Like All these people oh, getting mate. fit in lockdown. I'm yeah. like, do you know what? This is kind of like, an, I, I'm, I'm treating it like half, uh, this is a summer off. I spoke I to a friend about this the other day. We've got like a naughty box where we've got like sweets and all sorts of stuff and we've had to replenish it so many times. Oh my God. Home like, bargains. It wouldn't normally happen. It's like, oh, it's only there in case of emergencies or if you've had a really bad day. <laughs> it seems like it's just a go-to thing at the minute. Yeah, same as that. Mine's. I've been doing a home bargain shop every two weeks and just off, loading up on chocolate and stuff. And it's just like, that stuff would probably last... I'm not as bad as I used to be as a kid. Like when I was a kid, I used to eat a lot of shit, a lot of chocolate, and then yeah. obviously you get older, you can't eat as much. It doesn't help with your, your muscles and your, especially my teeth. But um, yeah, we uh, yeah I've been going back fortnightly <laughs> and uh, loading up on sweets and chocolate. It's been uh, it's been terrible. But I'm, 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 we talked about briefly just then about like the British champs might happen and stuff. Like that. To be honest, like my motivation is to work on the stuff that I'm not very good at. Yeah. Um, I know with Dakin I can get a big engine I can get really fit um, I think that the focus now will be if we are allowed to go back to the tracks if we are allowed to get some kind of therapy at some stage it's just sprinting mm. 100 meter running I'm not going to run anything quick I'm not going to obviously I'm still going to be quicker than most footballers but um, <laughs> I'm not going to be like running 10 low but mm. I want to be able to run like efficiently and with frequency yeah. so that by the time I come back into winter training and I can I can touch on sprinting the whole way through until the Olympics next year. So that's something I'm thinking about. The this is my new aim for the year. What's have you got a new aim? For them? Have you got a new aim, a new goal for the next couple of months? Um No, like everything seems to be like just ticking over. Um just I just think uh it's it's really hard. Oh, I've been doing loads of stuff in the garage and you know, just doing odd jobs and Sorting the garden out and things like that. They're I saw the your lovely aims. fence. I saw your lovely brown fence. It looks good, mate. Oh, mate, thanks. It's, it's like chocolate, it's one, those, it? it's one of those tedious jobs where you think, what like, what can I do next? And so we, we've mowed the lawn and trimmed everything we back need to and sorted loads of other stuff out. And then the fence is, like, looking... It's so rickety. And I thought, do we need just to replace the fence? And I was like, oh, no, I'll just paint it. And nice. A couple yeah. more screws in there, a couple of nails, it'll be yeah. fine, mate. Oh, yeah. Just, just the just the dad job. Yeah, the, uh, get the handle <laughs> out. <laughs> um, 
but no, in ways of aims, I think because I've come from like such a bad injury, yeah, and I only started throwing mid January, so it doesn't seem to me like I've been doing it that long. Yeah, okay. So we're still only think twelve weeks throwing. Um, so it's all still so fresh yeah, it's still and, pretty yeah. fresh, and there's still progress to be made. And so that's my aim really is like try and I think a year out from the new games Tokyo is to be in a place where I can then start my year plan. Okay. Fully up to speed and have a full winter. So nice. it's we're still on the same plan as if we if there's some competitions at the end of the season to do, but roughly yeah, try and work to a a fitness stage where we can have a full year. So this is it. This everything. is the blessing. This is what the silver lining of all this terrible pandemic is like uh, for a lot of athletes that they needed this time. They needed their body to adjust and some people need another year to get better and some people need another year to just kind of find themselves again as an athlete yeah. and like obviously if you've had a big injury it's kind of giving you that chance to find discus down yeah and i saw a couple of athletes and i do feel for the ones that have competed maybe through the winter indoors or outdoors mm. they're in good shape but like my thinking is if you're in good shape now like imagine how much shape better shape you could be with another year solid training exactly like, yeah it probably doesn't some people athletes might not think like that but you've got to look at the positives and it's like gives you another year to progress and like maybe shave some time off you um some seconds off your time mm. or get a bit stronger and throw in terms and stuff and there's quite a few athletes go, oh you know i would love to have seen what i could have done this year but it's impossible now like that's yeah. everyone would have loved to have done had that but you've just got to move with the times and it gives them an extra year's prep for potentially if for some people it might be their first olympics others it might be making making that final or even getting close to a, a top four or a podium it's so i think there's is quite a lot of ifs and buts about this season that could have been but i think yeah it's just got to suck it up haven't you and yeah so on. let's compare how our lockdown has been compared to around the world we managed to call in some favors and we've got some athletes and coaches from around the world so we've got christian taylor who's gonna he's based in jacksonville in florida at the moment you've got benki blumkist who's in sweden somewhere somewhere in the trees yeah he catches emily diamond die green uh megan beasley, megan beasley. um charlie dobson so he's based in loughborough hurdles coach uh coach positor world indoor uh, gold and stuff and then you've got Ryan Gregg's in Australia. He's an Australian 1,500-meter record holder, I think. 3.30. Serious boy. Yeah, we're, like with a few sound bites, obviously last time we went we went local to the people we know, our friends, and then now we've got international friends. friends. And it's just, I think it's great to get an insight into what other countries and how they're finding lockdown and other athletes and their restrictions. Um, so, right, let's hear from them. Rooney Dan, thanks for having me part of your podcast. Um, give you a short summary of the realities of how it is affecting myself, Christian Taylor, in the U.S. Training is completely different. There, uh, we use a college facility, and as the college is closed, um, yeah, that means the track is closed, the weight room is closed, and so uh, at the time we tried to or attempted to go to soccer fields this has been closed uh so many many different doors were closed but through this we also had to become a bit creative we're still training um i have not jumped uh, my my teammates have not been able to to 
do sprint block, um, block work, um, all, all the all the specific track and field athletics um, training for over two months now. But we still do whatever we can um, to stay fit, whether that is home training, garage training, um, small group exercises, whatever we can do um, to, to get through through this period and yeah, I, I think having the positive perspective, having the hopeful perspective that there will be a later season is kind of what is getting us through, though European Championships, Olympic Games and, and many other competitions have been cut from us at the moment. So um, it is difficult, but we try to stay positive through this. And I think the positive outcome from all this is now we see how we can still um, do work external to you know the the athletics life uh whether that is virtual meetings and and making progress on many home projects that we were postponing i think it's it's been really nice uh, to also even get perspective of you know never taking our family friends for granted um you know you never know what you have until it's taken away from you and and this was a nice little um humbling reality check so yeah thanks for having me guys uh best of luck stay healthy yeah what about sweden well it's the rules of social distancing kind of work from home is possible. Um, the schools, folk for high schools and university are closed, so it's uh, internet-based education for them, but the younger ones are still in school. Uh, regarding to sport, you, training is as normal, so you can use the facilities. It's no competition and games going on, so you can't be larger groups than 50. So the social distancing is quite important here. And people seem to stay at home, stay away from each other, even though you can actually go to the restaurant. But it's a big separation between the tables and stuff like that. So most people seem to um, follow those advices. So it's it's really quiet in the town. People are uh, staying away from each other. But um, regarding the sports, it's, it's we can actually train over here. Um, as long as you're keeping a good distance between each other. Hope that uh, give a bit of an idea what, what we have over here. So it's it's similar, but we're not locked into sitting in houses. We're able to go out and, and move around, but being careful and follow all the guidelines from uh, from uh, from the government. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's two very Benki and Christian, Sweden and US, completely different. Yeah, I guess... I know Sweden's liberal. Yeah. But, um, you know, it just it just goes to show, doesn't it? Um, you know, lockdown isn't just one sphere across, um, you know, one country or, or loads of countries. It's, it's completely different all over the world. And um, I think that's one thing maybe like why I, the IWF maybe made a, a few good decisions in cancelling it because it's just not a level playing field. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, Christian, yeah, like, I mean, having... I'm sure he's found a field somewhere like he did in, in Loughborough, like doing bounds and, and things like that. But um, yeah, complete lockdown over there. Yeah, it's just different, isn't it? Like I think uh, you need to be jumping in the sand. You need to feel the track underneath you. You need to know where the board is. It's all well and good. You can get some base training done. And I think that's what he, he's obviously a superhuman and he, he can do that better than most people. He, he can get a huge base like to the point where he can run 40, 45 seconds for a 400. So um yeah, it's incredible. And then you got Benki in Sweden, um, who, yeah, it's all like. Uh, do you not think it might be to do with the type of people? Like, I, I, I think the Swedish people are probably like pretty sensible. Yeah. Um, he alluded to there um, that there, all the restaurants are still open, but people are just 
so conscious of spreading yeah. the German necessarily that they're just not fussed about going out. They'd prefer to stay in and, yeah. and stay safe. Like, um, I think that's it. I think it's the people more than anything. I think mm-hmm. in the US and the UK, we've kind of like, well, we're just going to go out and carry yeah. on. <laughs> I'm getting bored of this. I'm getting bored of this. And, uh, and maybe it's just an ignorance from us, the Western world yeah. and uh, Northern Europe and stuff. Is, and I mean... I mean, yeah, Sweden is is a pretty liberal country anyway, and so it's to, to see like their mindset on um, on how they've they've dealt with lockdown and being able to give people the option to exercise and and trust their sensibility effectively, isn't it? Like mm. trust that they're sensible, make sure that social distancing is is enabled, and they're not taking the piss out of the system. And I exactly. think that's one. Thing maybe over here is quite a lot of people that do abuse the system rather than respect it. Yeah, those home bargain visits are probably unnecessary. <laughs> God damn it, sweets, um, sweets. And then you got Ryan, who's in Australia. Um, he's uh, very lucky that he's with his wife Genevieve, uh, who's a, a world class steeplechase runner. The good things about lockdown in australia right now with running is that there's no limits on on exercise so we are allowed to run outside as long as it's with one other person or someone from your household so with me that's good because you know my wife's an elite runner as well so we do a lot of our training together um another positive is that we've bunkered in with my my immediate family as well so it's been um we've had some really good family time that i probably haven't got for the last 10 years because of traveling overseas so much with running uh, negatives is that uh, we can't do what we usually do with a big group usually with a Melbourne track club I'm training with like 10 guys who are all at a pretty similar level and we get to some pretty um, we do some pretty quality sessions working in with each other so we obviously can't do that right now um, but that's a pretty small sacrifice that we have to make and the other main difference would be with gym training um, we just have to make do with what we have around the house um, as all our gyms are closed the big thing I took out of that was the family time, which is probably similar to us. Like it's kind of like the amount of time he spends away from his family in the UK or around Europe and at altitude training, base camps, and all that stuff. Like that um, he uh, he's taken the positives, and that's being around family. And I think that's something we definitely can relate to. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think as tough as um, going away warm weather training doesn't seem <laughs> for many yeah. people on the outside like it's actually quite it's it's really nice like to hear that other athletes with pressured lives that obviously really want to be the the top of the game and be an elite athlete are um recognizing the fact that their perceptions maybe of what's important has changed mm. um i know by our by i speak i guess you'll be the same but it's just it's just amazing having this time and there's quite a lot of people that are moaning about being around family and everything else and yes it is stressful but like, you can't get this back it's, it's so true. it's it, just to hear that from you know other athletes that are then experiencing exactly the same as is is, is pretty satisfying in a way yeah i think i think uh, you hit nail on the head it's kind of like it is hard sometimes um but this is not something you're going to get to do again in the future and then you'll regret it when you're older you'll be like oh we should have spent more time with my parents all that kind of stuff it's like well you can get to do it now so hopefully you can build up some good patterns and good routines and speak to people more often things like that that um, build a better obviously family bond but a community bond as well so um, I suppose that's the, the the best way of looking at this whole situation 
Yeah, and then I think like um, like you've uttered on the other podcasts for joggers, it's it's just like a normal. I've never seen so work, many bloody joggers. Track, <laughs> apart from the track work, it's pretty much like they're just going on long runs and yeah. getting up, like you say, getting a, a base of cardio in and um, and maybe not doing too dissimilar work to what they'd normally do. It's just yeah. that track feel that they're probably missing. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like it's tough for them not to be on the track and sprinting, but you can sprint. On, for them at that pace they can sprint on the road even yeah. the top guys they're going what 11 12 seconds and you can do pretty much that pace on the road 12 yeah. seconds so but it's brilliant the amount of fitness people have seen people running people cycling um and just people being out and like obviously trying to do it distancing but like yeah you see it where it's kind of get busy <laughs> like i see people out um uh out on the roads around loughborough and uh, cycling in groups and i'm like oh come on guys like yeah, be a bit sensible. Tour de Loughborough. <laughs> Tour de Loughborough, yeah. But they, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's a it's a health kick that probably a lot of people needed, and it's, they've got no excuses not to do it. Mm. They've uh, probably working like what three hours a day instead of instead of their normal nine to five. So um, they're taking advantage of it, which yeah. I think is brilliant. I think um, it's uh, it's definitely better for our for the future and for our health and the endorphins that people get from training. Yeah, it yeah. almost feels like we've gone back in time a little bit. This is like. It, it like just rings a, rings a bell like with when I grew up and there was no social media, no real computers or computer games, and everyone was forced to go on like their bike rides with their mm. parents or um, you know they, that was the only kind of activity you do or long walks or you know going making dens in the forest and stuff, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. even just where I live to see the kids out like obviously just playing together um, in the same family, just to, like brothers and sisters, but in the trees like in the woods making dens and stuff it's just like almost gone back to old school 100%. way of like okay this is how we how life is now um whether that this will be really interesting to see whether this maintains after the I virus so. is, is gone and everyone's free to do what they like um i think i hope so i i I'm probably similar to you grew up well i grew up in south london croydon and people always said oh it's no greenery or whatever but i don't like parks within i had a couple of parks within five ten minute walk i had one really close to me and it always had a playground and that's what we did we used to walk or ride our bikes to the playgrounds and even in like an evening when my dad was knackered from coming in from the building site or whatever and he was like yeah he'd have his dinner and then we'd go if it was the summer take us to a park and we'd go play on the swings for a bit or whatever and it was like that's what what you did and i think that's kind of hopefully we can get that back obviously once the parks are open and because you want this like to be the new norm don't you yeah i think so i think social media obviously is still has its part we i'm heavily using it I'm heavily on my phone yeah. <laughs> but i'm still like being sociable with my family so that's yeah. kind of although i think my wife might disagree but i'm trying <laughs> try my best um and i guess like you uttered to there with parks and everything reopening hopefully within the next coming weeks we should have some track action mm. i think i've um, seen some tracks open already um, yeah. around the country on the Instagram and people training or sneaking onto tracks and whatever and carrying on with their sessions um, obviously we're in Loughborough and the university have not opened our, the tracks yet but um, hopefully they'll do it soon yeah I mean I, I guess now the government have, have kind of relaxed and obviously they brought out a, um, a statement for regarding elite athletes so yeah. that was really positive that we can now travel to our workplace and do exercise and there's unlimited exercise for people outside as well. 
I guess yeah, you've, with with Loughborough, obviously, um, it's not just the outdoor track. We've got indoor track and all the facilities. I guess from their point of view, they want to kind of keep contact and cleanliness um, as tight as possible. So uh, well, I think I it'd be good. I should for imagine some like, obviously one of my bees in my bonnet was like the vaulters picking on the vaulters here, but they never jumped outside. No. <laughs> now they're going to have to jump outside. It's brilliant, making better athletes. I hope um, it's something that Kate always used to have a go at me for saying, but. I think it's a it's a blessing. Yeah, make them stronger. Yeah, a bit. Yeah, I mean, you got to do it, haven't you? Like, you well, to be honest, I'm I'm soft as shit. Like, uh, I remember I used to quote areas used to warm up outside, you train outside, everything yeah. was outside. We had a little a clubhouse and used to go and like have a little stretch in there maybe for a bit if it was really pissing with rain. But then I moved to Loughborough and I can't train outside. <laughs> I can't warm up outside <laughs> unless someone warm weather yeah. tra- camps. I find it so hard to just go to a normal track. I, it takes so long to warm up. So I'm I'm soft as shit. Like, um, so I'm looking forward to just. I suppose I'm just looking forward to getting back onto a, a surface that I can yeah. I can measure. I know exactly how far I'm running. I know I can actually time. I can gauge it off of what I've done in the past. And um, yeah, yeah, just that and that structure. A dose I suppose. of normality. I think I think most yeah. athletes are looking forward to is that um, even if they just open the track out to a few athletes at a time and then have like a booking system. Yeah, you can book in. Yeah. Just, just a dose of yeah like a dose of normal routine and like you say being able to just judge and and get used to putting putting on some different shoes rather than just your trainers i guess spikes yeah. like you said back into normality and stuff so we'll see we'll see what's happening british athletics they'll be working hard to get athletes back into the into facilities around the country um obviously loughborough is their base and um i suppose they want people back at work so uh, I don't think they furloughed many people, or if anybody. Um, so. I, f- I don't. I think I heard that there's a few furloughed in um, like marketing and okay. HR and things like that. But right. yeah, don't quote me on that. Yeah, um, okay. That's just from probably hearsay. Or um, but yeah. I heard that um, just a, f- a few of the overheads just in this time of um, of lockdown and everything have um, they've just loosened up a bit. But well, I suppose they've taken a massive hit. Anniversary games, big chop there. Yeah, that's, that hits the uh, British Flex quite hard from a, a bit of a cash cow for them. Something like a million pound loss or something like that. Yeah, it's going to be big. Um, you know, it's that big, big event per year. Um, and yeah, it's, I think it's the only thing that really generates quite a lot of cash for them. Um, yeah. So again, that's obviously going to be be hit pretty hard on that, and. Athletes are pretty gutted that you know. A, we're not going to compete in the stadium again. But you know, B, it is it is a great spectacle and a great event. So it's a bit of yeah, a it's shame. It's a good good event. I think um, to be honest, Gateshead's still scheduled to go ahead. If it goes ahead, it'd be brilliant. I, I, I'm skeptical, but that's the one I was like, I was really hoping to get a lane in. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? I'm from yeah. South London. A London meet would have been the one. But I've always loved running in Gate in the northeast. It's yeah. just a cool atmosphere. It's a better, uh, closer stadium, I think, uh, than anniversary game, but, um, football stadium, Olympic Park, whatever it's called nowadays. London Stadium. London Stadium, that's the one. It's, it's a great stadium. I know a lot of people love it. Um, for me, I've, I think it's West Ham's now. Um, so I always feel like we're borrowing it. Whereas yeah. Gateshead, I've, it's just another yeah. lovely little stadium. It'll be, it'll be a bit like going back to Crystal Palace, you know, something like that. <sighs> Palace is obviously a great, <sighs> great setup. Oh, oh what a stadium! <laughs> what a meet! I know. Friday night at the Palace was the best. Don't care. 
unless you had Bolt at anniversary games, nothing compared to the Friday night at Palace no. for me. I remember Safa and Tyson, all those guys tussling it out. It was sick. That was good. And I just, I love that. I love Palace's stadium. It's just, just it was just a, good. A great little atmosphere. I uh, 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 a Diamond League there. I love it. it. Bring it back. Just I need to do it. up the stadium a bit. But um, it's uh, it's been a sense of, there was obviously a negative thing of, oh, it's the anniversary game's not going to happen, but um, CEO, Miss, Mrs. Coates, Miss Joanne Coates. Joanne, yeah. Joanne Coates? Coates? Yeah. Yeah. She's come out a bit like, quite positive and like, look, we need to change. Athletics needs to change. We need to rebrand ourselves and remarket our events and stuff. And she's 100% right. Like, I think um, we compare ourselves to, we see ourselves as a top tier Olympic sport, and then we also think of ourselves as some like one of the major sports in the UK. But I, I don't think the numbers yeah. reflect that anymore. And obviously, yeah. BBC aren't willing to put money forward or um, um, as much as they used to uh, to cover events. And then you've got sports like darts, you've got football, you've got other netballs, yeah, rugby, huge, rugby. They're all like yeah. much bigger sports in terms of viewing numbers than athletics. And I obviously we've got huge participation if you include park run you take that out it's probably not that high but park run obviously boosts numbers up quite a lot but um yeah we need to capitalize on it and I, I, I totally agree with her we need to make things shorter sharper quicker more entertaining sexier i think she was one of the words she used um, <sighs> not so, after this lockdown mate <laughs> not with the mouse oh, <laughs> chocolates <laughs> I'll, be, I'll have to we'll have to get wax <laughs> Oh, oh. No, it'll be. Uh, it's definitely a need to change. Uh, I know Subco and IWF are trying to do that, but I think it needs to be more drastic. And um, I'm a huge fan of street meets. Yeah. Um, you've done Haller, right? No, I've always wanted to do Haller. And okay. the year that I got an invite or I could do it was the year I got injured. So I was like, Rah. gutted. But yeah, like, it's just things like that. Um, there, there are a few comps now in the UK starting to bring, spring up which are just like throws only where mm. they've, they've I think I think one of them is um, oh where is it down um, where Saracens play oh, near, yeah. near the Allianz um, Stadium down there I've only run there once I can't think what was it called I can't think about the, the, what the track it's Allianz Arena now but yeah. what was it back in the day Coptal? Coptal. That's yeah, Barnet Coptal. Barnet Coptal there. Um they've got an outdoor sector and they have like a in like one obviously in Coptal and then just one outside and they have like a bit of a throws meet. Nice. So there's they're starting to they used to have throws fest which is brilliant and the first few years is really good. Well funded, well backed, yeah. loads of sponsors, um music playing while she through and it's something I think we need Beers, to bring back. Hot dogs and music. Yeah, like, that's what we need like beer for coaches and just think it was just really relaxed and everyone every athlete I, the first the first time I did it I think I think there was a percentage like I think it was 77% of athletes who turned up PB'd or wow. got season's best nice which is a really high ratio but yeah, it was, it was a wicked comp um, that's what we need though and we it's, need yeah. opportunities for, for throwers to go and ex- ex- be, be the focus and be it's an exhibition of yeah. what they can do and and just like show how entertaining it, just, it can be them show how entertaining yeah. throws can be yeah, exactly um so yeah i guess um i guess yeah like missing the anniversary games is is going to be a bit of a shame but 
It, I think it just it now with this lockdown and and everything else that's going on, it it really shows her and um, British Athletics where maybe they need to capitalise on making more substantial efforts to sustain the sport. Um, Brilliant. That would like really like be much more valuable in this time to see for her vision to then be emulated and yeah have a bit more bit more of an emphasis maybe away from elite sport and try an entertainment business yeah um, we are we're it's the entertainment business that we're in we're looking to we're selling tickets for people to come watch something so it has to be yeah. entertainment it has to be something that they want to come see um just rolling out like one big name isn't going to no. draw those crowds in anymore especially in a generation that's when you got netflix you got in, you get everything at the end of your fingertips you can watch everything within an instant and you can you can binge watch whatever you want or you can choose to watch snippets of it it's so easy to navigate yeah. media compared to the previous like, do you I think remember, maybe like if um the bbc had like one channel but then had various other like red button episodes so you have a red button for triple jump a red button oh, for yeah. higher jump and then, obviously people still got to dial into the channel and still watch like the bbc so their numbers would be there but specifically, you'd have a, a global channel where they do the commentary and they do, you know, like they do normally, but then they have specific channels for of interest. Like split screen is the simplest thing in the world to me. Like, yeah. I think uh, when you look at what they do in football, when they literally cut to a guy up in the top corner, he's uh, doing ref link or he's doing um, yeah, whatever, he's in the VAR and all that stuff. It's, it's so easy for them. And it's like, how hard, if his camera's on a throw, a triple jump, a, a sprint event, a track. Literally just split the screen up. Yeah. Just don't jump yeah. to the, the I studio. I completely agree, yeah. You can save so much money as well by chopping half the studio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. <Oi -oh>. no, <laughs> but I mean, like, obviously, like, if you can literally just have, you have commentators, uh, say you've got four commentators, four cameras, and they just keep on going, and you get your experts on, and then uh, you, you don't really need a host. See, I, I really like what Channel 4 did with um, with the World Champs is they had um, they had uh, Dave Weir down track sides, Johnny and a couple of other mm. international athletes. And oh, they the just, World Cup? And they, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is, yeah, the world, like the World Athletics, uh, IPC Worlds. Okay. Um, and they had, Channel 4 had various, so Dave would take you about through the wheelchair racing events, Johnny would take you about the setup of the blocks and everything else. And it was just really informative. And then you'd have them carry on speaking to camera and it mm. wouldn't be, it would be a bit of studio time and they'd go to that. But, you'd, but they'd still be in the small it. box in the top chatting about what's going on, but you'd actually see them setting up the blocks and nice. everything else or setting up their chairs yeah. in warm up. And then there'd be a picture of Dave in the corner. And it was such a simple comp, uh, concept. You think not only are you being educated about which we need in Paralympic sport is um, for the public to understand it better. But you're also getting a, like an expert and someone who's lived and, and been successful. To, also a personality that you yeah. want to follow as well. Like Johnny and Dave are huge personalities in yeah, the sport. Yeah, but it was just such life. a simple touch that they did at the Worlds, isn't it? And I think like BBC could probably nail that hands down. Well, I don't think it's hard. I think like one of the other things Joanne said was that we don't use our stars enough. Like um, I know Nike tried, they've done that living room cup living thing. room cup thing yeah <laughs> have you seen the Semenya one <laughs> I, 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 I always comment I, like, cast, I was like are they press ups or not or like, what is it it's like it's a little shit. twitch I'm yeah. sorry it's shit I, I put some stupid thing of a rabbit humping a, another <laughs> rabbit up on my Instagram and I got so many comments I'm not going to say the people but they're like I don't want to do it 
I don't want to do this bloody challenge because it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like all the other ones, you're like, okay. I can understand like, like yeah, like a l- lunge or um, side slides or press ups or yeah, dips or whatever. One, I was but like, come on, man, this is. It was. I don't know what it was. Out. It was like a little flinch or something. I was oh, like, is she struggling to get up? Do you need help? That's what I thought it was a little rabbit humping, mate. It was terrible. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think Nike tried to do a lot with their athletes, Adidas, New, but all the, the sponsors do, but British Athletics don't, I don't think. I think, like, maybe it's because they can't. Or maybe it's because they, the athletes, uh, you have to pay certain athletes to do certain things or whatever. But um, if you can find a way of getting the athlete, as many athletes out there as possible, Obviously, they want everyone in British Athletics kit. Can't always happen if they're an Adidas athlete or whatever, and New Balance, yeah. whoever they're sponsored by. And it's just like, well, okay, we've got to find another way of being getting our stars and using them as much as we can. Um, so hopefully, she finds a way. I think, um, I don't know, like, I think athletes are willing. I did a, a chat with UK Sport the other day about this kind of stuff, and it was like, how do we engage our athletes more? And I think it has to come from the top athletes. I think it has to be led by, yeah. if I say, Mo Farah starts doing loads of school visits and Jess Ennis and all those guys a couple of years ago. I think that would have been the standard. I think everyone would have done it because those guys were the yeah. peak and you always looked up to those guys and you're like, well, if they're doing that, well, we should do it. And I think that's what it has to go. It has to carry on each generation where the top yeah. athletes go in and do... And it's not just schools because I think we're so focused on helping kids because we know it's kind of probably... Yeah, it's the next generation. It's easier. It's less pressure. But I think you and me, we're of an age where we can go and chat to normal people who work in in his fa- factory I love I love doing that when I was at yeah. Muller I used to go into the factories and chat to the guys guys and girls there because they were just normal people and you're just chatting shit and having a laugh but they for them like I went in there and made them feel like well I showed them how much better they were <laughs> at their job than me like trying to like sorting out milk trays yeah. and stuff like that. I did it I was awful but then obviously they do it it's like a piece of cake but obviously it shows how good they are at what they do so yeah. it makes them feel better and I think that's what athletes can do and I think we should do more of it um, so we'll see Hopefully, there's more creative things yeah. in, the next, in the pipeline. Um, Give us a job. More street meets. Yeah, that's what I'm about. I, I'd what love about to see more. Meet? You get like uh, they you do one here more in team championships and more street meets. Surprised I haven't done one here in Loughborough. It'd be it'd be wicked. Yeah, it would be class. Loughborough, even if it's Leicester or Nottingham or whatever, Derby yeah. or not Derby. It's not big. Loughborough would be better than Derby, I think. Just but to start off, yeah. I think um, I, the, the team thing is another thing. Like obviously, British Flex spent a hell of a lot of money on that World Cup, lost a lot of money. But the idea was good in the sense of a team. People get behind teams. Team sports are so much bigger than individual sports. I don't care what people say. Like obviously, I'm. I always go back to relay, like, but it's part of a team. But people engage in a team more than like football is yeah. huge. Rugby is huge. The team games always bigger than individual sports. Yeah. Tennis is pretty pretty much the only one that's close. But in, even in Formula One, even if you're a Lewis Hamilton fan, yeah. there's a lot of people who are McLaren fans, a lot of people who are Generally, Ferrari yeah, fans, yeah. you know what I mean? They'll follow Ferrari, whoever's driving. So I think we need to do more where we get more teams and make, keep it small. So like in, I've seen some of these street meets in Germany where it's like Britain. <laughs> I've seen Harry did one where it was at an airport and an air hangar and oh, it was like geez. a German meet and it was a couple of different countries there. So yeah, the team, small team events, if we can find a way of doing them in a where it doesn't have to be every event do pick the sexy events if you want like i think harry did one in germany and it was literally like i think it was like 30 meters he ran maybe 50 meters yeah because that's the space they had but then like there's a crowd there it generates publicity and stuff and i think that's 
it's being creative yeah. it's, it's using the best like there was a i think you had long jumpers there uh maybe you had a pole vault there as well and i think you just had a limited amount of jumps and it's just spectacle it's not athletics in its pure form yeah. but it creates interest and it creates gets people watching it and then yeah. they can go and watch it's the like, olympics it's like a, a subsection of what it actually is isn't it it's like 2020 cricket yeah. or um i don't know like you see all the the futsal tournaments and stuff like that they're not football but it's futsal it's like yeah. sevens but maybe sevens is bigger but like yeah yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just trying to find a way of getting people to sit and watch the sport. What else is going on in the world of athletics? Mark Dry. Yeah, I guess um, we could touch on... He's uh, a He did a BBC interview with Dan Moran uh, talking about his ban. He's had a four-year ban for lying about his whereabouts. Um, to me, that's fucking stupid. It's a big, big ban yeah. for... Something like if he'd failed a drug test, I'd be like, okay, yeah, take your four-year ban take the hit yeah. fully but I think like because because he like obviously he lied in the first instance and um, then obviously his neighbour put out that um, he was actually in Scotland visiting his parents and you know he was taking obviously a lot of meds then because he had just had his hip surgery yeah. and everything else and and probably his head wasn't in the right space and then he but he wasn't sure like if he was going to be an athlete yeah. anymore anyway so but actually that he admitted it oh, look, I made a mistake admitted his is wrong and then it was his first kind of strike on the UK um, anti-doping radar of yep. a missed test um, but yeah I think just the consequence of his actions in lying is it's very harsh um, four year term when you think some athletes have, have actually doped and tried to deceive the system by cheating mm. the, the right obviously the right way of marks is very um, a very light form of cheating in their in yeah, their it's, eyes it, because it's just yeah. a lie but um, somebody's actually really tried to deceive um, rather than the system uh, other athletes he's not create, he's not fraud um, committed fraud you know he's not actually gone out and cheated yeah. he's yeah, uh, he's, he's lied and then he's come clean on about his lie and yeah he should be punished but I don't think four years no like, to be honest like, I thought maybe if it was like a community service kind of thing would have probably been more appropriate, appropriate. Yeah. like you talk about like what you shouldn't be doing why you should be not take drugs and go and do mandatory school visits or something. that would have been fair yeah. um, I think people just assume that he's taking drugs because he's tried yeah. to deceive people but be honest like as far as i was aware he was looking didn't know if he was coming back to the sport anyway so you don't really think about your whereabouts in that situation do you like no. i think um who was it the other day i was listening to annika nora has got a great podcast listen to that everybody uh it's greatness of mind or something like that yeah. power of the mind <laughs> sorry annika i've got it wrong but i'll i'll, I'll tweet it <laughs> but um she was saying uh, mlf was saying well technically i'm not retired i could go compete does that mean he's still on the doping register like you know he yeah. has, probably hasn't thought about that himself like i, yeah. I don't know so. so so it's really strange i didn't realize this until um i i got told this a few years ago that the only way an athlete a full-time athlete can retire is to formally write a letter to their club yeah and re like and retire themselves via the letter, then then the club get in touch with England Athletics and oh, it's a long UK drawn Athletics. out thing, isn't it? Yeah. So if you just go right, oh, yeah, on Twitter, yeah, I've had a great career, thank you very much, and you don't properly action it, and then you go maybe do a one-off event, or you know, you you don't really um, cut your ties with that um, the formality of being yeah. an elite athlete. You can still be tested at any point they can still turn up to your house yeah I kind of feel it's a bit weird like do you 
so say I retire from professional sport. I probably should have done that a long time ago. But anyway, say I just want to go and run for my club, like do cross countries or 10Ks or whatever. Like, does that, how does that work? Like, because yeah. I'm not a professional athlete anymore. So why do we all, even if you're not a professional athlete in the UK, say you're, uh, say you're Joe Bloggs and you run 60 seconds for the 400. Can you be? Are you tested? Do you, do you guess? I, get it. I suppose you could be, couldn't you? you? Could, if you're like, if you're at a testable event, then absolutely. Okay. Um, so, so even like random testing or whatever. Yeah. So let's let's just for here say just say that UK Sport did a yeah. I don't like uh, UK UCAD sent some drugs testers to do a love LSAC Love for Sport um, open meeting on a Wednesday night. Mm. Um, because they, they maybe thought a couple of elite athletes would compete at, for instance. Yep. Majority of them aren't going to be elite. They're just going to be university or club athletes. Um, and yeah, they like you could yeah you could throw forty meters in the disc and then probably get selected. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine that. So I think more. I think now like I don't know how the random selection goes, but it used to be if you finish fourth in that event. Um, you're going to be drugs tested, but that I think got canned years and years ago because coaches would look at the they go, oh, who are you here to test today? And then and then you mm -hmm. yeah the the DCAs would be like, oh fourth place, and then when they chat to the athlete, they'd be like third, fifth, yeah, third eighth. and fifth is fine, <laughs> first and second's fine. Um, obviously, like now that that they they just don't they don't say and mm. they're just they know who they which spot they're coming to and so there's quite quite a few coaches that would then deviate and athletes would naturally underperform obviously they've got to be hiding something but would then naturally underperform just to miss getting yeah, yeah, the yeah. chance of getting drugs tested it's crazy isn't it but back to dry i just feel like uh um there's some points he's made about like uh he felt he feels like he's been thrown under the bus where higher profile athletes have failed drug tests and got away with it or actually like had proper issues and stuff and he's kind of like well have i got a four-year ban yeah <laughs> and it, it is there something in that is there something that needs to be discussed where if you are someone who's huge personality within a, any given sport olympic sport football whatever um professional sport it, it's do you get away with it um and that's something that does need to be looked at and 100 percent feel that uh his case was it's almost like an easy target um even if he has uh deceived or broken the rules it seems to be like um go after those people who can't really fight back so i i, I do agree with him there i think that's something that needs to be addressed um even if it doesn't help his case it might help yeah. cases in the future um, yeah i think it's so tough because i think they shouldn't they shouldn't make examples of people who have maybe um done wrong obviously mark's done wrong in the first instance um and yes he has broken rules in the uk sport thing and that's that that is a given that's black and white and that's what they're holding him accountable for ah uh, but they're not because they've the rules that's why he he won his first case didn't they yeah it didn't have the rule so that, in place yeah, or so, something like that. so, so they've changed the rules or something haven't they so as i was about to like Sorry. say yeah just then i was like <laughs> Sorry, cut across the so yeah so there's so yeah in the within the first instance like obviously they um had said that he'd you know broken the rules which was apparent at certain a certain point in time but then fighting the case his he took his case to an appeal of which he won yeah. um and they they deemed it um you know not credible evidence and 
the fact that um, the mitigating circumstances of his um, of his case um, couldn't be held against those those articles. But then UK Sport appealed that, and then took UK it a Sport bit or UK Anti-Doping or UK yeah UK Anti-Doping. Um, then obviously he took that a bit further and um, and reappealed um, and, and subsequently won and then yeah. handed him. So he's not allowed to appeal because. Because think, that's the rules that you could have. I think you can only. Maybe thinking you can only appeal it once. Well, but then I suppose you you have your right to appeal anyway. Yeah. But then if they've had the right to appeal, surely you get another right to appeal. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. there should be like, surely that works. It can't be. Oh, that's it. It's done. No. Just because we've won, like surely you can always yeah. say, well, I don't know. Like if if he if he wasn't allowed to if they weren't if they were allowed to appeal. Surely he should be allowed to appeal. Yeah. That's the way oh I, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think. Um, I think if he loses that, then he loses that. I can't really. I think there should. There's a certain case um, that he's trying to push it through to Cass. Yeah. Um, but um, I think UK Sport are still holding on to the fact that he can't reappeal, and um, to take it to Cass, you have to have certain grounds, um, of evidence, grounds, so, yeah. yeah, of evidence to do that. I think if he gets it's the finances, he'll get a very complicated law minefield. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something I'm not equipped to really deal with. I think from layman's terms, it feels like if he had the funds to go to Cass, he could go to Cass and get it sorted. But yeah. I don't think he has the, ca- the funds. So no. um, we'll see. Um, I think I, I'm sick of people bloody saying he's on drugs. It's like, well, when's he failed a drug test? Yeah. Um, he never failed a drug test. No. He wasn't taking drugs. There's no one's accused him of taking drugs. And I think that's why uh, maybe UK Sport or UK Antidoping need to highlight the fact that it was a filing error yeah. and not a doping ban. I think that's the thing when you say, once it is clarified, people just, because they hear four years and doping, they just seem like he's taking drugs. Yeah. It's like, well, actually, no, there's no, no accusations of taking drugs. No. It's just a filing error. But then four years, it's like, well, then that's too, obviously quite a lot for someone and I'm I'm always been an advocate for lifetime bans um, for people who take drugs but I feel like the, there needs to be some kind of sensible uh, resolution to this yeah. maybe we can have a year ban happens to be this year yeah <laughs> and he's able to come back next year it's fine yeah we'll see I think uh, we'll roll on I think um, there'll be more to come from this over the next couple of weeks and months um Obviously, he's got the BBC. He's on Dan Rowan, big man. Yeah. Interview Dan. him. Um, and, um, yeah, from my point of view, I don't want to speak for you, Dan, but, like, I feel like I hope it kind of get, he gets re- some kind of resolution from it and oh, yeah, a positive one yeah. in his case. I think I think for the whole of athletics as well, like, yeah. um, I think most of, well, if not all of the athletics community are behind Mark, which is just great, and yeah. no one really wants if they ever fall into that predicament themselves to be in the same situation as him. So thanks for listening, guys. really hope you enjoyed that pod. If you want to like, subscribe, follow through Instagram, we are at GRS Podcast and at Discostan, at Martin Rooney. If you want to pass the pod along, I know that's stolen from the crouchy thing, but <laughs> please do, yeah. yeah. And then 
get in touch as well um, do you messages um, any questions on here we have got quite a bit of time on our hands it'd be quite <laughs> cool to maybe we should do um, a few listener phone-ins that'd be pretty cool yeah um, try and get that on the go send us some voice notes on uh, Instagram and then we will try to get them on the pod keep it sensible yes. and, and clean and clean <laughs> and uh, Relative to us and our sports, rather than talking about geopolitics in Venezuela. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Cheers, guys.